everybody. Welcome back to Tea Time with LA, serving tea on the Word of God. I'm your host, Lori Ann Curtis. Today is episode two of season one of what I hope are many seasons yet to come. I'm so excited to be serving the tea today. Um, Actually, today I am drinking um, Scottish breakfast tea. Uh, And if you remember from the previous episode, the whole um, why we drink tea is because it's just an important part of conversation to me. And that's the whole goal and hope of this podcast is to inspire conversations in your own life. Um, I am nobody famous. I am a wife. My husband, Gary, and I have been married for um, nine years. It'll be 10 years in 2021, so I'm so excited for that. I'm a mom. I have six children, four stepchildren, and two with my husband, Gary. And they range from adult to six years old. So exciting. I have a grandson, Zachary, and he is a few months old, five months old now. And just so excited to be a Nana. That's super fun. And I can't wait to give him his first cup of tea and have a conversation with him at the kitchen table. Uh, So today we're going to be serving the tea on Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. And like I said, this is my life verse. What do I mean when I say life first? Well, you know, I um, remember when this verse kind of came to be important to me. I was in my 20s living on a thread of hope and trust, and I began to really realize I needed something more Um, when it came to trust. And so the Lord brought me to this scripture and I'm just going to read, read it here in just a minute, but I just want to say, why am I doing this scripture right now or today? And the reason why I'm doing it today is because of the season that we are in. We are, this year, 2020, has been crazy to say the least. I mean, we've seen hardship, unrest, the pandemic virus. Some have even said it is, it's even apocalyptic in its presentation to us. I, I don't have an opinion on that. However, it seems that my life first has become ever so important to follow. So let's read this verse, this passage together. It is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and I'm reading out of the English Standard Version today. So it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Doesn't healing and refreshment sound so good right now? I know a lot of us have hopes that 2021 is going to be a turnaround year. Well, I don't know about you, but I thought 2020 was going to be a turnaround year. And it turns out for me, it has. I have learned so much about trusting in God this last year, more than any other year. 
I have ever had to trust God before. We moved across the country. We left my mom on the other, on the West Coast. That was a really hard thing to do. And I have to trust God every day that he's in charge of this, of my life and that he is not going to let harm befall me or my family. I always like to break down passages into bite-sized pieces and chew on the meat of it. And I chose this scripture years ago to be my life passage, like I said, because I realized my own limitations and that trusting God was more than words. It was something that we had to do. To me, trust is more about obedience. (laughs) Um, And obedience, you know, some of us parents, we think about obedience and we want our children to do exactly what we say to do when we say it. And God is the same way. He desires obedience from us. But it's not just about blindly following orders, but obedience is a posture of heart. When I was growing up, my mom would let me ask why. So if she said uh, no, if I asked her if I could go over to a friend's house and stay the night, like when I was a teenager, and she would say no. I was allowed to ask why. And sometimes her answer was because I said so. And that was the end of it. But most of the time she provided me with a reason. And it was out of a place of love and care for me that she would say no. But I wouldn't know it before I asked why. And so she let me ask why, and it then made it easier for me to accept her answer and to trust her answer. And she would say, if I asked why, well, why not again? Or if I kept pushing the issue, then I was challenging her authority. That why quickly changed into something else. So that is something that she taught me in how to respectfully approach some someone that says, I asked you to do this, like even a boss or a leader. And it taught me a lot about trust. It she by allowing me to ask why, she was firming my foundation of trust in her. That knowing that she had a reason and it was a good reason and it came out of a place of love. And so it was easier for me as a rebellious teenager to obey her. So a posture of the heart. <clears throat> did did any of you guys ever play trust fall when you were growing up or maybe at a corporate team building event or retreat? I will be the first one to tell you that I hated that game as a kid, probably because I had an older brother who He is amazing now. Hi, Corey. You're awesome. I love you. Um, But when we were kids, he would trick me and he wouldn't catch me half of that time. And so then I didn't trust him all the time because he would trick me. And the meat of the scripture is referring to that trust of leaning not on your own understanding, but acknowledging God and that he will have your back every single time. He will catch you. So 
That's why we called it trust fall today, because we are falling or leaning into him. I don't know if you have one of these books yet, but if you don't, I recommend that you go out and buy one. It's called the Strong's Concordance. There's also an app available um, in um, the App Store for I, Apple. I don't know if Google has one. You can simply search it and see if they do. But a Strong's Concordance is this amazing book that it has enumerated words um, from the context of Scripture and provided you with a definition of the word from its original language, so Hebrew or Greek. And it gives you how to say the word. Uh, It gives you a definition in the root uh, language of to give you a little bit more. And so in the word lean, to um, lean not on your own understanding, Lean here in Hebrew is sha'an, which means to rely on or to rest. (laughs) I don't know about you, but resting is so important when we have been caught up in life's busyness. And we don't always want to trust anyone, let alone ourselves. And so what it's saying here is, I don't want you to rest on your own understanding, but I want you to do the opposite and rest in mine. Understanding the Hebrew word for that is bina, which means wisdom. And so it's saying to not rely on your own wisdom, but instead to rely or to rest in God's. And he is going to direct our path. He's going to make our path straight. It's going to make it known. He's going to make it really easy for us. There is a scripture that says um, that the Lord, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And I love this scripture too, because it's referring to the kindness and gentleness of God. So A yoke is uh, this piece of wood or leather or whatever it may be um, made out of nowadays, but it was a piece of wood that would go over top of like the ox or the horse or cattle that would be attached to farming equipment like a, a ground till and it would pull that tilling and so it would till the earth and that dry soil that hadn't been touched all season. And so the Lord is saying that his yoke is easy and light. And if you look at this way a yoke is made, it is made specifically for that animal. It has been smoothed and sanded out to shape over the shoulders. And if you put an uneven yoke onto a working cattle, just like a bit on a horse, if you if it's uneven or not fitted for them, it's going to rub raw and create a wound that could fester and become infected, and that would lame the animal. And so, the importance and significance of the scripture is so amazing because he's not saying 
I think a lot of people misinterpret the scripture to mean that when you are a believer, that when you love God, that when you follow him, that it's going to be an easy road, that there's not going to be any work, that things are just going to come easy peasy, and it's going to be pretty seamless. Well, that's not the case. There's work to be done. Trusting God is hard work sometimes, because it's it requires the harder choice from us sometimes. And so we still have to till the earth, right? And so it's it it, it doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. <laughs> I know I've said that again, but I just really want to send this home that it's so the yoke is a is a relationship. Right? It is a relationship between the working animal and the farmer that is controlling the equipment. And the farmer doesn't want to overburden his animal. He wants to get the most out of out of that animal. So he's going to treat it kindly by making sure this yoke is perfectly fitted to him. And that is an example that God gives of how he wants our relationship with him to be. That when we walk in obedience, that we till that earth, that we will see fruit from that through our efforts, through our obedience. Um, <laughs> our relationship, out of our relationship, our trust, the fruit of those choices, the seeds are planted in obedience and trust. Years ago, um, in fact, it was October 7th, 2001 at 8.45 a.m., I was at a missions conference in Omaha, Nebraska at my church. And there was a missionary and her name was Ruth Ann Martinez. And she gave this talk, this sermon, this teaching moment, whatever you want to call it, on obedience. And she titled the talk, The Rippling Effects of Radical Obedience. And she talked about having it be immediate, sorry, not immediate, but immediate obedience. And that when you delay an answer or you delay obeying, that that in effect can be disobedience. And so she went to the book of Luke, chapter 1, in verse 38, and I'm scrolling there on my um, Bible app from version. Again, not a sponsor, but I really love it because it has like 800 translations in it. But we're going to go, um, and Luke 1 is all about the angel coming to Mary and saying, hey, Mary, um, guess what? God's chosen you, um, and his Holy Spirit's going to come on you, and you he's going to overshadow you, and he's going to make you pregnant. And this is not just going to be any kid. Um, it's going to be the son of God. And oh, by the way, I know that you're not married yet and you're still a virgin, but virgin, but don't worry about that. I've got you. It's going to be okay. And Mary had a choice at that moment. And we don't think about that in the Christmas story very often. I don't think we think about Mary had a choice. 
Now, God knew that she was going to be obedient and she was going and he chose her because of her obedience, but she didn't have to obey and she could have delayed her response, but she didn't. And this is why God chose her to do such an amazing, incredible thing. And that was to give birth to the son of God, our savior. And Mary's response was this, Luke 1, 38. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now, she didn't say, uh, okay, angel, can I have just a little bit more information so that I can trust that what you're saying is the, the right thing? She took God for his word and she trusted him. And so there is a Ruth Ann Martinez talked about obedience, having a village mentality. Like we need to have a village mentality when we think about whether or not we're going to trust God and obey him and make the right choice in our life. And what did she mean by that? Well, she went on to say that what we choose to do, our obedience can affect thousands of people. It can affect millions of people. It can affect generations to come. She said, if we radically obey God, it will have a rippling effect on generations. And what does that mean, rippling effect? She went on to share this story about a time when she had to make a big decision in her life. And she knew God, she loved God, and trusting him and obeying him, it had implications to it. And so she was standing at the edge of a body of water. I don't remember if it was a lake or if it was a pond, but she was standing there at the edge and the Lord impressed upon her, spoke to her heart and said, Picture the stone that you are holding and throwing it into the water. And what happens? And we all know we've all thrown rocks into water. I would hope you've thrown a rock into water at least one in your time in your life. It is can be incredibly liberating just to hawk a rock into a lake. Um, but it does more than just go into the water, right? There's ripples that come out of that place of entry where the rock went in. And furthermore, what she said is go down beneath the surface. That's what we don't see. We're at the top just making this one choice and we throw the rock and it goes and we see the ripples. But when it goes down, it continues to ripple out and it continues to affect the uh, ecosystem that is down in the water. So it it ripples out and it, it bends the, the reeds under the water and it hits the bottom and dirt is kicked up or sand is kicked up or and, and the fish are scattered about. It's quite amazing how one rock can have such a big effect. And she went on to say that God revealed to her like this rock is your act of obedience or disobedience. And so your trust in me or distrust in me can have a lasting effect on your environment. So that st 
stuck with me. I mean, this is 19 years ago and it is still as real to me now as it was then that we don't want to limit God by looking for other people's opinions, but we want to look for his well done, for his for his yes and amen, right? And so this is all part of trust, obedience, that posture of your heart. And if we go to the last part of that scripture, we'll go back to Proverbs now. So I'm just going to scroll there on my app here. The last verse, it says, it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. So the choices that we make, our simple act of obedience can have a healing impact, not just on our souls, but our physical bodies too. I don't know about you, but when I am under a considerable amount of stress, I can feel the impact of that stress in my body, um, whether it's through inflammation or I get a headache or whatever it may be, my stomach will hurt, you know, different things. Stress can give me a physical reaction. And when we trust in God, he's eliminating that stress from our lives. And so he brings us into not just spiritual and emotional wholeness, but he can bring us into physical wholeness as well. And so I just, I love that his word um, is not just for our souls, but it's for our bodies as well. And right above that scripture, we're kind of going from the top to the bottom and then back to the middle again. It says, be not wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Now, God doesn't want us to be afraid of him. You know, in fact, he talks about not being afraid, but again, just trusting in him. But when we begin to fear God in the proper sense. Now, let's go back to Strong's Concordance. And I'm just going to, I'm going to look it up right now as we're talking, because this is, this is so good. So it's saying fear. And so if we just say, what is fear? And fear in the Hebrew is Yah-Reh, it's a primitive root, and it means to morally, morally to revere, reverence. So it's talking about to revere God, to esteem him, to, to hold importance into what he has for us and to turn away from evil. And when we do those things, then that healing and refreshment comes. God is never going to hang us out to dry. He's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. You know, I have had some very real opportunities to obey. And I'm going to share one more story before we wrap up here. When we moved to the state of Illinois, I had already obtained employment with a 
large health organization in a position of leadership. And it was a great paying job. Um, There were great benefits. Um, It seemed to be a great fit. The people there were amazing. And then two things happened. There was something that they wanted me to be a part of that they had told me about after they had hired me. And I didn't want to be a part of that. Um, I didn't believe in it. It went against my um, biblical values. And so I I had to kind of pull back. And then at the same time, um, as you know, here in this season of uh, pandemics land, um, we are not all meeting in person for schooling. And so I was trying to figure out my children's education. Where are they going to go to school? We were in temporary corporate housing in one city. We were in the process of buying this home here in um, the suburbs. And we uh, we were in limbo. And I called both school districts and they're like, sorry, you're not a resident of any place. You can't enroll your kids here. And so I went to a local YMCA and they're like, yeah, enroll we'll, we'll have your kids. And then the week before school was to start, they were asking for their e-learning information. And I said, they're not enrolled. And so they told me, well, we can watch your kids till the end of the week, but come next week, we're not going to be able to watch them anymore. So here I was going, what am I going to do? We can't afford to hire a nanny or have full-time childcare. It was just looking, it was becoming incredibly overwhelming. And so in my job, I had, I had to drive from town to town and there was a main road that went from one town to the other. And on that road, there was this sign for a church on off to the right. And it was called Harvest Bible Chapel. And underneath it, it said home of Harvest Christian Academy. And it said now enrolling. And I, I had noticed that maybe a week before this schooling thing came down. And um, so we are, you know, it was just kind of in the back of my mind. And so fast forward another week, and we're sitting here, my husband and I with this choice of what are we going to do with our kids, they need an education. Um, We are alone out here in this state, we didn't have any other family or hadn't made any friends yet really out here. And So we were faced with this big obstacle, which in a mom's heart, as I'm sure you can relate, it caused a lot of uncertainty and fear in me. And so I was just like, okay, Lord. And I sat down at my office and I was frustrated and I was crying and I was just like, Lord, what are we going to do? And he brought to mind this church slash school that I drove by and So I called my husband and I was like, hey, Gary, do you think that we could do private school for the kids? Do you think we could afford it? And he's like, well, maybe. I don't know. How much does it cost? And I kind of threw out a number that I had seen, but I was like, I'm not sure. And he's like, well, why don't you call them and set up a tour, see if we can meet them and whatnot. So I called this school, Harvest Christian Academy, and I spoke with the admissions director. And it was funny because there was really no one in, in, I had called earlier and 
the other gal was out of the office. And so the director called me back and we got to talking. Her name is Christy. And we were just talking about the school and kind of, are you meeting in person? And yes, what's going on? And so we had arranged to come in for a tour. And at the end of the conversation, I just so strongly heard the Lord say, ask them if they are hiring a full-time nurse. And that's very important, full-time nurse. The full-time is important. And so I was like, okay, you know, I am going to throw my rock into the middle of this pond. I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to obey you. And I'm going to ask, even though I felt insecure in asking and unsure of, okay, God, (laughs) why? And so I asked the question and I said, hey, before I hang up, I just have a quick question. Are you by chance hiring for a full-time nurse at your school? I could hear through the phone her jaw drop. (laughs) We talk about this still to this day, how amazing that was because they had just met that morning and they had met the day before praying and asking God to bring them a full-time nurse. Now they had interviewed another nurse who actually subs for me now. And she's like, I can do part-time, but I can't do full-time. That's not the commitment she was looking for. And so they were kind of trying to figure out how having a part-time nurse would work at their school. So here it is. It's a Wednesday. And so we go in that afternoon. I typed up my res. I, I printed out my resume, brought it with me, emailed it to them. And then we toured the school. Like we love this place. We ran into several teachers on our tour and they even stopped and said, hey, can we pray for you? We just felt immediately the warmth and acceptance in this place. And so it was really cool. And so we met the lower school principal, Bob, at the end of the day. And I was like, hey, hi, I'm Lorianne. I'm interested in the full-time nurse position. He goes, I heard, I saw your resume. Would you like to come in for an interview? And I said, yes, absolutely. When? And he said, how about the next day? So Thursday, come in for an interview. Friday, (laughs) they offer me the job. And I called my employer that I was currently employed with and said, hey, I want to um, give you my two weeks notice because of all these circumstances, I just found this opportunity fell into my lap. And my husband and I really feel like we need to take advantage of this. And so... She said, well, you're in your probationary period and you don't need to give us two weeks so you can just start your new job as soon as possible. And so they were very excited to hear that. And I started the following Tuesday, I think it was. So the world's fastest job landing ever. And ever since I've been there, it has been moment after moment where God has used me or God has used somebody else to speak into my life. And it has been amazing. I have been there since August and there have been several times when I thought, Oh Lord, if they didn't have a nurse here, when this happened, that would be really scary. And 
I just think of God has used me in my obedience to bring about positive impact. Now, it's hard for me to talk like this because it sounds like I'm bragging, but really I am testifying to the goodness that comes when you trust God and obey. So that is the T on the trust fall from Proverbs 3, 5, and 7. I hope that today has resonated with you, that it has brought some inspiration, some revelation, some hope. And I just pray right now that if you are, um, Father God, for these listeners and for these watchers, that if they are struggling with a decision or a choice or just a circumstance in their life, God, that you would speak so clearly to them through your word and through your people and directly to them, God. Make the choice obvious. Make it easy to obey for them, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So thank you for joining me on Tea Time with LA, serving tea on the Word of God. I, like I said, I hope and pray that it has brought something alive to you. Join me next time as we serve the tea on prayer. Thanks again, and have a great day. Mm-hmm.